If your heartbeat feels irregular, you may be suffering from atrial fibrillation, which, if unaddressed, could lead to a life-threatening condition. So we're discussing the causes of AFib and its treatment. Our guest, Dr. Neil Kata, a cardiologist and medical director of the Cardiovascular Institute at Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. This is Doc Talk, a podcast presented by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi, Dr. Kana. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So first, how common is atrial fibrillation in the first place? It's much more common than people would imagine. Number one, there are many people, and more studies are sort of bringing this out, that there are many people who have undiagnosed atrial fibrillation, meaning they have atrial fibrillation, which is called paroxysmal, meaning it comes and goes, and they may not know during the period that they're having it that they actually do have it. As we get older, our risk increases significantly of having atrial fibrillation, and over the age of 80, there's a good segment of the population, some studies say up to 20 to 30%, which display evidence of atrial fibrillation. Wow. Okay. I'm going to ask you about those causes and who's most at risk in a moment. First, what exactly constitutes an irregular heartbeat in terms of how it compares with a quote-unquote normal beat? So often people, and I see patients who come with this, take their pulse reading. And that could be as simple as putting your finger over your carotid pulse in the neck or radial pulse in the wrist. Or now people increasingly have Fitbits and Apple Watches that kind of tell them that their heartbeat is irregular. Generally speaking, when you feel your pulse or your heart rhythm, it should come at regular intervals. It should feel rhythmic. You should not feel pauses. But there are many causes of why your heartbeat may be irregular or you may feel certain pauses in when your heart beats. One of those causes is atrial fibrillation. The vast majority of the causes are not problematic, but of course, atrial fibrillation is problematic. So, how do you determine? whether that is the cause. Basically, and as I mentioned, this is changing now as people have more kind of observation devices such as Apple Watches that have a special EKG algorithm on it, or there's a new product called Cardia, which also can monitor your heart rhythm. Those can tell you if you have rhythms that are suspicious for AFib, but the hallmark is going and seeing a doctor and getting an EKG. If you feel unwell or you feel your heart is racing or you feel like your heart is irregular, it's a good idea for you to either see your primary medical doctor or to go to an urgent care if you have significant symptoms or see a cardiologist so that they can do an EKG. An EKG will be diagnostic. If you're having symptoms at that time, it will be diagnostic of atrial fibrillation. So to be clear, these devices that people now have, watches and such, where they can do their own check, I guess what you're saying, am I right, is that's fine, but it's not the be-all, end-all. A specialist still has the final word, of course. It's just, if you're suspicious, it's to kind of point you in that direction. They're almost screening tools, but to have a true diagnosis, you must have an EKG. Obviously, we would never give a diagnosis just based on a reading on an Apple Watch, for example. But if you're concerned and you have symptoms, it's something that your physician can review and then try to catch 
on our EKG to give a true diagnosis of something like atrial fibrillation or any abnormal heart rhythm that we would term in arrhythmia. Gotcha. So what are those typical causes of AFib? Who's normally most at risk? There are commonly known risk factors for atrial fibrillation. One is excessive alcohol use. Another is obesity and sleep apnea. Both put pressure on the heart, sometimes on the right side of the heart, and make it more likely for you to have atrial fibrillation. Also, people with valvular issues, there's a valve in the heart called the mitral valve. Mitral valves, which happen to be significantly leaky or have regurgitation, tend to lead to atrial fibrillation in many of the patients. But the truth of the matter is, in most cases, it's an age-related disease, meaning as you get older, you become more apt as your atria become scarred with age to develop these abnormal rhythms like atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation basically is an erratic firing of the signals in your left atrium where your heart rate is no longer regular and controlled. Instead, it's firing erratically. And it tends to happen in people as they get older. The risk of it increases dramatically after the age of 65. So what are some symptoms of an irregular heartbeat readings and screenings on your own aside that patients may notice themselves? If you're feeling your heartbeat consistently, and specifically if you feel your heart rate going very rapid, and it's associated with dizziness or shortness of breath or chest pain, it's suspicious for an arrhythmia or also called an abnormal heartbeat. And those are the type of symptoms that you should get evaluated by at least your primary care doctor or maybe a cardiologist. But primarily the symptoms of AFib happen to be palpitations, just a feeling of your heart racing because often atrial fibrillation does go very rapid. But if you have that associated with other symptoms, like I mentioned, of shortness of breath, swelling in your legs, it could be a sign that you're having atrial fibrillation consistently and it's causing your heart now dysfunction because of that. Now, we'll talk about treatment options in a moment, but as mentioned earlier, if left untreated, AFib can cause life-threatening conditions, right? What are those? There is really two major risks with atrial fibrillation. One is more symptom-based, meaning if atrial fibrillation, like I mentioned, tends to be erratic and be very rapid, meaning normally the normal human heartbeat ranges from 60 to 80 beats per minute. People in atrial fibrillation that are untreated, especially if they're younger, tend to have heartbeats or heart rates in excess of 110, sometimes 120, 130. There are people who go all the way up to the 180s and 190s and feel consistently unwell. So when your heartbeat is consistently elevated like that, there's a strong risk that number one, you could feel dizzy or faint, or number two, that it could slowly cause your heart to dilate and weaken. And so atrial fibrillation is very rapid for a long period of time and is suboptimally controlled can cause heart failure by causing the heart to dilate and causing the heart to weaken slowly from this chronic fast heartbeat that atrial fibrillation can cause. The second major risk of atrial fibrillation, which is probably the biggest problem, 
is that because the atria or the top chamber of the heart is not contracting like it normally does, it's fibrillating or sort of quivering, the blood does not flow out of it evenly. And so blood can swirl in this top chamber of the heart. And when blood in the body is static or just swirling, it can clot. And so as we get older and with certain risk factors, the blood tends to clot more easily. And so it's a major risk of stroke because once you have a clot in the heart, it can be ejected out of the heart. And the first stop is often the brain. And so people with atrial fibrillation are at significantly increased risk of having a stroke depending on what their other risk factors are. So heart failure or possibly stroke. So what AFib treatments are available and what's the most common of those? Well, it depends on what your risk factors are. Often when people are older and have multiple comorbidities, we tend to tackle those two major issues, meaning we don't necessarily get them out of their atrial fibrillation. We may allow them to continue in that abnormal rhythm, but we may just control their heart rate with special medications that slow the heart rate. Additionally, we may recommend often that the patient starts a blood thinner. And these blood thinners, you may have heard some called Xarelto or Eliquis, or most notably one of the older ones, which is called Coumadin or Warfarin. They thin the blood and they prevent that clot formation within the left atrium. So that's incredibly important. Often for younger patients who are more symptomatic or if they developed any heart failure symptoms, we will try to get them out of atrial fibrillation totally. And one of the ways we can do that is by doing something called a cardioversion, where we put the patient to sleep electively and we shock their heart into a normal rhythm again. But in 2023, we have multiple treatment modalities. One of them is actually a cardiac ablation where we can send catheters up to the heart and actually cauterize or get rid of the areas where atrial fibrillation come from. So it depends on your risk factors. Some patients we may elect to get them out of atrial fibrillation into a normal rhythm again. And some patients we may not want to go towards procedural treatments, but rather just control their heart rate with medications and thin their blood to take away that stroke risk. A couple of other things. So you mentioned EKG earlier. How often should the average person have their heart checked and what should that include? Just an EKG or anything else? Again, a lot of cardiology is symptom-based. So definitely anybody who has some cardiac symptoms should be regularly monitored, sometimes every six months, for example. But again, risk factors are key in this. So if someone is over the age of 65, I often recommend that patients get yearly EKGs if they're relatively asymptomatic. But the hallmark of this is that if you do develop any symptoms, chest pain, shortness of breath, palpitations, you need to get an EKG as soon as possible because that may tell that there's an underlying issue that's going on that may require much more frequent treatment. There are people who have atrial fibrillation or significant heart failure who are monitored once a month and get regular follow-up with EKG readings that frequently. And so in summary here, doctor, what's your overall message for those listening with an irregular heartbeat regarding their potential prognosis once treated? Overall, what I would say is that if you have symptoms, you should get screened because atrial fibrillation can be very 
problematic if left untreated. The good thing about atrial fibrillation or any abnormal heart rhythm or heart condition is that often if you do get screened and you do get discovered to have this condition, with treatment, your prognosis can be just as good as if you did not have the condition in the first place. So for patients who have irregular heartbeats, picking up atrial fibrillation can potentially prevent a stroke, which could be a truly life-altering discovery. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with what causes AFib and how it's treated. Dr. Neil Connor, thanks so much again. Thank you for having me. And for more information about the Cardiovascular Institute, please do visit MontefioreSLC.org. Again, that's MontefioreSLC.org. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks again for listening to Doc Talk, a podcast presented by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Waller.